What's up, guys? I'm Arya, and I'm here joined with Pranav. Welcome to the Pocket Pass podcast. Today, we're going to be picking our all-star reserves. Um, they'll be announced tomorrow. Today's Wednesday, tomorrow's Thursday. Um, if you haven't heard already, the starters have come out for both conferences. In the East, they have Damian Lillard and Tyrese Halliburton in the backcourt with Jason Tatum, Giannis Antetokounmpo, and Joel Embiid in the frontcourt. And then in the West, the backcourt is Luka Doncic and Shea Gilgis-Alexander. They're joined in the frontcourt by LeBron James, Kevin Durant, and Nikola Jokic. Um, so we'll start with the East. Pranav, who do you have as your first Eastern Conference All-Star Reserve? Yeah, so for my first Eastern Conference All-Star Reserve, um, I'm going to start with the guards. I have Donovan Mitchell. Um, he's been sensational for the Cavs this year. Um, and I think that he's a no-brainer for that first guard spot. And then um, for my second guard spot, I have Jalen Brunson. Um, he's once again been phenomenal for the New York Knicks. Um, and so I think those two, as your backcourt reserves, is pretty much a no-brainer. What do you say? Yeah, I agree. I also have those two in my backcourts. Um, backcourt, I think both are definitely no-brainers, as you said. Not much to argue here. Um, just some notes on on Brunson. I think he should have started over Dame personally. I think you said you agree with that too. Is that yeah. is that true? Yeah, I agree. I agree for sure. You have Brunson, not Mitchell. Oh uh, no, I think either or. I think either have a case to start over Dame personally. I did lean Mitchell a little bit, um, but I think you can make the great. I think you can make a great case that both of them are more deserving than Dame for the starting spot. Yeah, I agree. I also went. Back and forth between those two, uh, but ultimately landed on Brunson's um, offense being more impactful than Donovan Mitchell's this season. Um, obviously, the Knicks are really good. Um, they're up to the three seed. Uh, they're on an eight-game win streak, I think. Um, sole possession of third place, and that's because of their defense. After the OG and Obi trade, it's been phenomenal. But the whole season. I think the Knicks' offense has gone under the radar. They're seventh in the league in offensive efficiency. Um, that's mainly due to Jalen Brunson, in my opinion. He's been really impressive um, handling the offensive loads, scoring in traffic, playmaking. And the Knicks' offense falls off by 12.2 points per 100 when he comes off the court, which is a really, really massive margin. Um, outside of Emmanuel Quickly stint, there hasn't been any other perimeter creators on the team. Brunson's kind of been doing all the creating, all the um, ball handling. Yeah, so I think I'd go Brunson over Mitchell here. Right, and, like, to add to that, I mean, even, ever since they traded for OG, which has been a good move for them, like, Brunson's uh, load has been even higher, like you mentioned, with quickly not being there off the bench anymore. Um, and so, yeah, I completely agree. Um, he's been incredible. Um as far as the forwards go, um, I, this is where like it gets a little tricky for me for the front court. Um, I had Porzingis, um, and then I had Brunson's teammate Julius Randle, and then the last forward spot was really tricky. But I did go with Jalen Brown. Um, I think that you know it's a toss up like between him and several guys. Scotty, um, uh, Scotty, Siakam were all in that like mix for that final front court spot. Um, but to me, Jalen Brown's defense has been pretty incredible this year. Um, and his offense has also been pretty up to par. 
Um, and the Celtics are one of the best statistical teams that we've seen uh, really in recent memory since like the Dynasty Warriors days. And so um, I felt like he, he was deserving of the nod based on his play and based off the team success this year. I know I'm, I'm a guy who typically doesn't look too much into team success, mm-hmm. but uh, factoring in how much JB has played into that this year, I think I gave him the nod for that. Yeah, I agree with um, all three of those picks. I organized mine a little bit differently in that I have Randall in a wild card spot. Um, so then in my on my bench, this first three front court guys, I have um, Porzingis as you do. I also have Jalen Brown, and then I have Bam instead of Randall. Um, I see a lot of All Star ballots without Porzingis on them, and I find that pretty crazy. I think he's had the best season of any front court player who isn't starting. Um, and he's been the second best player on the Celtics over Jalen Brown or Derek White. And obviously the Celtics are dominating the league. They're up 3.5 games on the rest of the league. Um, Porzingis averaging 19.4 points on their 66 your shooting percentage, which is incredible. And the scaled down role in Boston um, doesn't really have to create as much. He's just getting a lot of better looks at the rim and from three and he's just great at finishing these plays um few guys in the league as skilled as him as a roller and popper he's arguably the best three-point shooting center in the league shooting 36 percent on five attempts um so his offensive impact is huge because even when he doesn't have the ball he's really spacing out the defense putting pressure on the defense in the playoffs i think he scales up his volume but even now, he's probably Boston's third best on offense after the Jays. Um, and then I think his defense has actually gotten even more under the radar. His rim protection's been huge for Boston. You know, 7-3, 7-6 wingspan. Um, and I found a stat. Um, his D field goal percentage within six feet. He, att- he defends eight attempts a game, which is eighth in the league. And he holds opponent to 48.7% on these tries. And that's the lowest mark for anybody defense more than three per game in the league um and that's the top 224 in terms of defending shots and opponents shoot 3.6 percent worse at the rim when Przingis is off the court uh when Przingis is on the court versus when he's off um so yeah I mean he's missed 14 games but with this two-way impact has an all-defensive case in my opinion I think he's the clear second guy on the Celtics and a definite all-star this year yeah, and um, like you mentioned, like I kind of like I was weighing mixed like missed games for a lot of these guys. Um, like if it was like a toss up, like I gave it to a guy who probably played a little bit more. Um, but with Porzingis, the impact has been like undeniable. Whenever he's on the floor, he's pretty clearly Boston's second best player, just based off how much he provides on defense, like you mentioned. And then offensively, he's really been like the perfect like fit, like whether as a roller or as a popper. Um, as a shooter or as a play finisher, he really does it all. Like anything you want out of a big on offense, he really does complete it for you. And then his rim protection is so crazy. So I didn't like heavily weigh the missed games against him due to the fact that he has been that great whenever he has been available. Yeah, I 100% agree. So um, why would you have Julius Randle in the All-Star game? I have him too, but I'm curious to hear what your reasoning is. Yeah, um, I think that especially as of recently, he's just been incredible offensively, um, really scoring the ball quite efficiently. Um, he's been like facilitating the floor quite well, especially in lineups that 
don't have Brunson for the Knicks, um, especially since Quickly's now gone. He's kind of had to shoulder the lion's share of the offensive responsibility. And so um, that that's primarily the reason why I have him on there. And the Knicks are also really good, especially on offense. And so he felt like a deserving candidate for that spot. Yeah, I agree. Um, I put him in my last wild card spot. I was between him and Maxi. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, like, think about how much Randall's changed his game this year. Right. Used to be, um, or at least last year, he was doing a lot more jumpers. 60, 57% of his shots were jumpers last year. This year, only 43% are playing bully ball like he did before he was a Nick. Um, it's been fun watching defenders try to deal with the strength. He's just been completely out-muscling them. Tune of 24, 9, and 5. 57 shoot shooting percentage. Second best player on the third seed on the Knicks. Um, playing good defense, I'd say. Contributing to their elite defense. Um, he's hurt now, so I don't know if he's going to play in the All-Star game. But right, yeah. I think he's a deserving All-Star as well. Um, yeah. Um, and also, and- you said... Go ahead, go ahead. <laughs> I was just going to say, I agree. Jalen Brown could be an all-star. You know, the scoring's down, so some people are looking him off from 27 to 23 points. But, yeah, as you said, this has been his best defensive season of his career, both the point of the attack and just playing good off the ball, too. His length does a lot. I think at times he's the Celtics' best option at the point of attack. Just crazy considering they have Derek White and Drew Holiday on that team, too. But then also, I think his offense has been, this has been his best offensive season. Um, even though his scoring volume is down, he's self-creating more than ever. Um, 7% more than last year. Um, he's also having a career high in assists. His turnover rate's down. So in general, he's just been much better decision maker. He's seeing the floor better. Um, he's still great in transition. Um, in that with all these. In that Boston offense, the scoring is going to be scaled down um, to some margin. So I'm not; it's not something like you could hold really too much against him. Yeah, exactly. He's been the scaled down role has been great for him. It's really helped him with his decision making, his pacing. And um, in past years, the Celtics have really been over reliant on Jason Tatum to generate their offense. Mm-hmm. Um, but this year, it's been completely different with Jalen Brown. Um, in Celtics lineups with Brown on the court and Tatum off, this year the Celtics have a 121.7 offensive rating, which would be in the 88th percentile of offensive efficiency. And that's huge for them. That's massive. Because last year they were at 113.5, which was in the 39th percentile. And the year before that, when they went to the finals, they were at 108.5, which is in the 24th percentile. So that's a really big difference. Um it really helps them not be so reliant on Tatum. So, yeah, to summarize, he's been having the best season of his career on both ends, in my opinion, on the best team in the league. So I think Boston gets their third all-star and Jalen Brown, and I agree with you there. I think he deserves that. Yeah, um, and then for my last two for my last two wild card spots, um, I had a guy that you already had in your um, front court, and that's Bam Adebayo. Only reason he's here mm-hmm. and, like, um, logic, like, um, with Porzingis, I mean, you could debate the logic with the missed games, but really it's the missed games that um, put him in the wild card rather than a definitive starter. But, like, you can interchange, um, like, him and Randall. It doesn't really make too much of a difference for me. Um, but I have Bam in that wild card spot, and then I have Trey Young 
um, in that second wild card spot. Um, and that kind of rounds out my bench. Um, and then we can go over injured um, replacements after you go for yours. Yeah, so as you said, I Bam. He um, had a really good start to the season. Um, first 16 games before he injured his hip. He was averaging 22 points on 59 true shooting percentage. And it really looked like he'd taken the next step as a scorer, you know, really creating well in the mid-range. Um, but after he hurt his hip in his last 21 games, he's been averaging 19.5 points on 54.5 true shooting percentage. Um, he's just looked really different, and I think the injury is still affecting him. But um, the Heat have lost seven straight dips to the seventh seed. They actually won tonight against the Kings, so the losing streak's over. But still, they've slipped way down the standings. Um, but as Bam does, he's been great on defense, has a very strong all-defensive case again this year. Um, so take all that into account, um, his defensive impact throughout the year and his um, improved scoring, especially at the beginning of the year. And, yeah, I think he has to make the all-star team. Um, he might not, actually. I wouldn't say he's a lock, but I would pretty confidently get him over here over some of the other contenders. Uh, oh, yeah, for sure. And, I mean, we saw how much that defense really suffered when he got injured, um, and their defense is just drastically better um, when he's on the floor. Um, and so I think I think it's kind of a no-brainer, even with the missed time, um, and even with, like, some of the statistical regression, um, that he has to be, like, a lock for either the front court or the wild card. Mm-hmm, definitely. So we both have Trey Young in there. Yeah, yeah, we do. 27 and 11. He's averaging 58 true shooting percentage, you know. Great offensive I, numbers. Right. And um I mean, put as much stock into this as you want. Um I mean, he's still an atrocious defender, but like he he's he's tried a bit more this year. Like you can see the effort on that end and then obviously um uh, the offense is the same as it always is. I mean, he's going to run an elite offense whenever he's on the floor. And so it just feels like kind of a lock that he's in there behind Brunson and Mitchell. Um, I mean, just based off, like, the hierarchy, he just he just fits in. Yeah. I mean, I'd get it if he didn't make it. The right. Hawks are the 10 seed. Like, that can't really say that a 10 seed should be a lock for the All-Star game in most cases, although I'm sure we'll have someone in the Western Conference who is a lock down yeah. there, but um, I think his offensive impact, Trey Young's, is enough to get him a wild card spot, even if the defense is atrocious. Mm-hmm. He tries at times, but I don't think it really does much. The Hawks' defense is atrocious. They're 24th in the league, um, I think. But yeah, the offensive impact, he's really one of the best offensive players in the league, especially in the regular season. Um, so I think he gets this spot over someone like Tyrese Maxey, who I have in my injured reserve. Who do you right. have in your IR? Uh, yeah, um, I had um, Maxey as the first up on my injured reserve list. Um, and, like, it was pretty easy to have him as the first, like, injured replacement guy. Um, ju- just because, I mean, he's been incredible all year. Um, and then do you want me to name all the other guys that I have in there as well? Or just, just like, going off the first guy? Um. No, I agree with Maxi to start. Um, and the IR, obviously, you know, the scoring has been great. 26 points, 58 true shooting percentage. Um, I came down to him versus Randall for my last mm-hmm. all-star spot. Could definitely go either way. Um, ultimately, I want the guy who's on the better team, is better defensively, and is playing next to a co-star who isn't Joel Embiid. 
Right. Um, I give Maxi credit for keeping Philly thriving. They have a plus nine net rating mm-hmm. in lineups without Embiid, and his plus minus stats are better than Randall's. There's more context to those, but point right. is I go either way between the two. But yeah, I go Randall. Um, yeah. Um, why, and then why not? What'd you say? We both left up Paolo, and he seems like he's going to make it. I think yeah. we should talk about that. Yeah. Um, you start off, and then I'll follow. Yeah. So after Maxi, I had um, Derek White and Scotty Barnes as my next injury replacements. I had Scotty. Um, yeah. And Paolo's probably going to make it tomorrow. Right. But, um, I think he's a lot. I don't. Really, yeah, he seems like a lock, and I I don't really agree with that personally. Yeah. So Orlando's had a great start, and you know they were in a mix for a top four seed at the beginning of the year, like, and that surprised cool, a lot of people. Yeah. yeah, exactly, and I think that surprised a lot of people. So they're thinking that since Orlando's good, they have to have an all star. Mm-hmm. But now, since Franz got hurt and they went through a Really a tough schedule. Um, the brutal stretch of games. I think the eight games Franz missed, they were three and five. Um, so now they're down at the eight seed. And yeah. I don't think that an eight seed is good enough to guarantee them an all-star. I don't think they have to have an all-star when they're that down low in the standings. Um, right. and I think it depends more on Paolo's individual play for his mm-hmm. all-star candidacy. Um, so I definitely think he's backpacked their offense at times with scoring. Um, with the jumpers falling, you really see why people are so high on his future. Right. But the reality is that like he hasn't been a productive scorer this season from anywhere on the floor except the free throw line. He still shoots under seventy percent the free throw line, by the way. His he has a fifty four true shooting percentage, which is over four percent below league average efficiency. And you know, obviously there's context. He's had to create self create fifty seven percent of his makes and that's a lot that's really important to factor in, especially when evaluating Paolo's ability as a current player and in his future and his potential. When right. evaluating this season alone, you have to look at what he's doing within his context, and it just hasn't been all that efficient. And Orlando's offense is really bad. They ranked 24th this season. Um, he's brought them through some tough times, but the real reason they're a good team at all or even a solid team is because of their sixth-ranked defense. And I think Paulo's had a solid defensive season, but his defensive impact pales in comparison to most of the rest of their rotation. And his plus-minus numbers are also just aren't good. So Orlando's a good team with a lot of good players, and I'm sure Paulo will make many all-star games in the future. And the struggles he's going through right now just aren't uncommon for a 21-year-old. But at this point, I don't think he should be an all-star, not this year. I just don't view him in that light yet. I think you agree with that. Yeah, I think, like, when you're talking about Paulo, like, he's clearly elite for a 21-year-old. But when you're talking about elite for, like, relative to the rest of the league, like, I just can't get on yeah. board. And the main thing for me is if you're going to make the case for Paulo – how are you going to sufficiently argue that he's been better than a guy like Scotty Barnes or even a guy like Pascal Siakam? And to me, it was mainly Scotty mm-hmm. for me um, as like that wing player. And to me, Scotty has just been pretty much pretty clearly better on offense. I mean, um, he's scoring way more productively from most areas of the floor. Um, and as far as like the two of them go as a passer, um, I think Scotty is right on that level with Paolo as far as his deliveries go. 
Um, I think that's kind of where he's really leveled up this year, even though he's always been a good passer. Um, with that added responsibility in that Toronto offense, that's kind of where he really has leveled up. And I do think he's right like on that level with Paulo as a passer and as a play initiator. Um, and like you mentioned, um, Paulo has been pretty good on defense this year, um, even though like with the rest of Orlando's rotation, um, he does get benefited and he's not like the best in that rotation. Granted, they are a great defensive team, but um, as far as Scotty goes, I mean, at at worst, uh, he's like on the same level as Paulo defensively. I think he's better, um, and then offensively, I think he's better I think as well. Better, yeah. Right, and like w- when you're when you're comparing the two, like I, I get it. Toronto's like seven games back behind Magic, and you know the the league is going to put Paulo in tomorrow, and the league's not going to put Scotty in tomorrow. But to me, I mean, just uh, watching the two this year, I think Scotty has pretty clearly been the better player. Yeah, there's definitely debates to be had about who the better overall player is right now, who is a better future, more potential. Right. But right now, in both of their respective contexts, Scotty Barnes is a more productive player. He's a more efficient player. I think he's a more impactful player, especially given his defense. Right. Um, I'd say he's at a fringe all-defense level right now. I think he's been that good. Mm-hmm. Um and especially yeah, when considering, considering that his offensive load has just gone up and he's maintained that level of defense, if not gotten better on defense, mm-hmm. it's just a testament to really how good he's been um, in Toronto this year. Yeah, no, Scotty Barnes amongst all star-level players, we'll call him a star. I don't think anybody has a higher motive than him. Anybody does the little things more than him. Um, <laughs> it's really fun to watch him crashing the boards and zipping all over the court on defense, making all the hustle plays while also being their lead creator, isoing all the time, running pick and rolls. It's really fun to see, especially with the 6'10 guy out there. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, I, I couldn't agree more. Scotty, right behind Maxi for me, was that second replacement guy. Mm-hmm. What about Derek White? What do you think about his all-star candidacy? Um... He, I mean, he, he's been great this year, and he cooled off a little bit. Um, it, it's really – I mean, I think he's a clear, like, injured replacement level guy. I don't really mm-hmm. – it, it's it's a tough argument for me to put him over any of, like, Brunson, Mitchell, um, Trey, and then um, for the last wild card spot, I had Bam. And so, to me, it's a tough case to make over any of those guys. Um, but, like, let's say in the case that any of those guys do opt out um, in that backcourt, um, I think that – I think you can pretty easily slide him in there. Um, but as far as his case goes overall, just tough for me to put him over any of those like elite backcourt guys that I already have in there. Yeah, I agree. Um, for one, I hope he makes it. Um, yeah. Might be his only year to make the All-Star game. I love when guys make, make All-Star games like that. Their only chance right. in their career, just to get the career title. I always wanted that like, for Marcus Like the Smart. Conley one, even though, I, I, even though Shea got kind of robbed that year, I, I mean, I wasn't too mad about Conley making it. Yeah. Just like, Shea's going to make the next 10 All-Star games. Right. I want to be able to call Mike Conley an NBA All-Star. Mm-hmm. Um, just a cool title. But, yeah, no, I think Derek White, he's been playing at that level, All-Star level player. Yeah. I don't think he. I don't have space for him on my All Star team. Um, and I really put him in over Maxi. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. And I, I honestly think he might make it just because of what Reggie Miller's been saying all these broadcasts. Yeah, I um, mean, um, 
I think the I think the broadcast has um really um like on TNT the other day um they like went over and he made a lot of those pulls. So I think he could sneak uh-huh. into one of those spots. Yeah, Celtics have been really pushing that agenda well for sure. Um, I don't think his offensive volume is quite high enough to put him over the other guys, but um, all about perspective here. You want the impactful fourth guy on the best team in the league who maybe has a little lower volume but adds more on defense, does more of the little things. Um, or do you want a higher-volume guy like Maxi, who's on a worse team, doesn't do as much on defense, um, but he's a higher-volume scorer, more dangerous offensive player? Could go either way here for sure. No wrong answers, I don't think. Yeah, um, yeah, it's really, it's really, um, it's really about space, um, and that's kind of mm-hmm. the only reason like he gets left out. Um, I mean, if one of those guys go down, he could pretty easily sl- uh, slide into that spot like a glove, but uh, right now I just don't have him in there. Yeah. So who are some other guys in the East that you considered for the All Star team that didn't make it? Do you have anyone else that you were thinking hard of? Yeah, I'm, I did mention Siakam a couple times. He um, didn't make the cut for me. Uh, I mean, as far as, like, guys I was considering, like, um, Siakam didn't make mm-hmm. it. Franz didn't make it. Mikel didn't make it. Um, Jared Allen didn't make it. Um, he's been really good, especially since Mobley went down and with yeah, Darius Brown. Um, it's basically been the him and Donovan Mitchell show um, over there in Cleveland, along with their wings, of course. But, I mean, those two are – really the catalyst for why they've been so red hot recently um mm-hmm. and so yeah those are a couple guys that i considered as well along with maxi uh, of course that i mentioned earlier um yeah the, i would say um franz mccall Jer- uh Derek white uh jared allen all those guys are were in consideration mm-hmm. i think you got all the names that i looked over um just to summarize the east um my backcourt i had brunson and mitchell and then mm-hmm. in my front court, I had Porzingis, Bam, and Jalen Brown. And then for my wild cards, I had Trey Young and Julius Randle. And my first injury replacement would be Tyrese Maxey. And I think Derek White and Scotty Barnes trail closely behind him for that last IR spot. And mine is pretty similar as well. I had uh, Brunson and Mitchell in the backcourt. Um, I had Randle, uh, Porzingis and um bam in the front court i believe I, if i didn't get that order mixed up uh, oh no no i had uh jalen brown randall and porzingis in the uh in the front court and then i had trey um trey and bam as my wild card and then for my injury reserves my top three were maxi uh scotty barnes and Derek white mm-hmm. nice nice we got some similar teams out here yeah i mean um, it was pool um especially in the west i think the east is it was kind of easier to kind of um thin out you know yeah and i think we might have at least we'll have at least one difference in the west do we have any differences in the east um, um i don't i don't think so um as far as like the oh players, yeah wow we we have the same team yeah yeah as far as the players, players, we yeah. did not we did not coordinate that at all that's just no a complete yeah, chance no. right there um, the West, yeah, though, I think we'll have something different. Yeah, if you want to move on to the West, we can. I mean, it's a deep yeah. pool. Yeah. So, the uh, backcourt, I got Curry. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, nine consecutive starts in the All Star game. He'll come off the bench this year. First time in his career. I really think his demise is being overstated. People are acting like he's washed. 
It is. He's still he's still a tier one player in the league. He's as good as anybody. 37, 46, and 33 points in his last three games. He's averaging 27.5 points on 63-3 shooting percentage. At He's going to be 36 years old next month. Yeah, um, yeah 36. In and March. he's the only offensive pressure. He's the only guy on the Warriors offense that can place any pressure on the defense. Maybe when Kaminga plays well, he's been playing well recently, or it plays on a heater. They can really attract that defensive attention, shift the help defense, but it's really nobody. Um, and he's still doing what he's been doing for so long, and that's destroy defenses. So, yeah, he's as good as anyone right now. Easy all-star. He's going to make it. Um, surprise he isn't starting. Devin, probably doesn't deserve it this year, honestly. But, yeah. I'm surprised the fan. I'm surprised that the fan vote really didn't turn out in his favor. He was second, then he almost was third behind Shea. That was that was the main surprise um, with Steph. But, yeah, I mean, it, it's the most obvious bench choice in the West. Yeah. Honestly, we can just move on to the next one. Next to him, I had Anthony Edwards. Who'd you have? I have Anthony Edwards as well. Nice. So, um, if you know me, you know I'm a big Anthony Edwards fan. I've always loved his game since um, – he was a high school player, college player. Um, and a few years ago, I talked about how there's going to be one season when Ant's somewhere from like 22 to 25 years old. And he mixes the athleticism of his younger days with a higher, more mature level of skill. And it would just be like a magical season that Kobe had in 06. Wade had, um, not Kobe in 06, sorry. Kobe in the early 2000s and um, Wade in 06. Um, he might not be that good. Probably won't be that good, actually. Um, but, and he's getting close. I think he probably has a season next year or the year after. Averaging 26 points on 58 true shooting percentage. Um, almost 59 true shooting percentage. And, you know, this season he's made a lot of smaller improvements that have made all the difference. Um, he's really leveled up his passing. He's getting downhill a lot um, to the drive and kick. He's playing better, facilitating better at the pick and roll. He's also getting to the line 1.3 more times per game this year. Um, and he's shooting 9% better from the free throw line this year, which is a pretty massive improvement for one year from 75% to 84%, I believe. Um, that's really notable given how much he attacks the rim. He's also really expanded his pacing and mid-range skill, getting playing slower, getting to turnarounds, up and unders, just being more in control when he finishes. Um, I've seen his bank shots, by the way. Yeah, yeah, no. Nice. The thing with um, the thing with Ant for me was um, uh, I mean, I, I don't even think his stats do him that much justice, considering the fact that yeah. he's played injury a couple times and like that's kind of tanked it a little bit as far as like the efficiency goes. Um, but he's really leveled up as a driver. I mean, I was watching um, I think it was the game against the Spurs, and like he had a drive where he was eyeing the corner the entire time, but the defense was guarding him like he was going to drive to the rim, and he already like made his mind up before he even like went to his move. And I think that he's just been so much more proactive with his reads this year. And he's kind of like taken that leap that you wanted to see um, as a playmaker for that offense. Obviously that offense still has its struggles, but I mean, that's, that's what he had to continue to do for them to kind of get over that hump. And I think he's on the way to doing that. And so that's kind of what's impressed me most with Ant this year, along with obviously his scoring has been as incredible as it ever has. Yeah, as you said, that offense still definitely has its struggles. Um, they're ranked 14th in the league, 
but they're really at that point because of what Anthony Edwards um, and Carl Anthony Towns as well have been doing. They've really just been shouldering that load as the defense leads the way for them to win games. They're sitting atop the Western Conference, um, second best record in the league. Um, Nance shooting better from three this year, self-creating more. Um, and But then the defense. Minnesota's got the best record in the West because of their defense. They have the number one defense in the league. And despite um, a lot of other guards aren't the same in this way, but Ant has really contributed to this defense. Um, he's disruptive at the first level, can really lock in against a range of matchups, super good in isolation against some of the league's best offensive players. In general, he's just been a lot more locked in and disciplined on defense, which is something we've been waiting for for years with Ant. Uh, I wouldn't say he's playing an all-defense level or anything, but he's definitely been very good on that end. Still 22. Um, I think obvious all-star now. All the people who are criticizing him, um, I think they're just proven wrong at this point. Um, he's gone to that level, all-NBA player, on the fringes of MVP candidacy, and will be an all-star look tomorrow. Yeah. Um, and so I think we got both the backcourt settled. Um, I think... Now it's kind of when it gets fun. Um, you know, we've had most of the same picks so far. And this isn't planned, guys. I promise it's not planned. Um, but, yeah, uh, going to the front court, I had uh, Kawhi Leonard, Anthony Davis, and Rudy Gobert. How about you? I have Kawhi Leonard, Anthony Davis, and Rudy Gobert. My God. <laughs> All right. Um, we can go over each one. Um, so, yeah. I mean, Kawhi. I mean, I think – I think Kawhi and AD are pretty self-explanatory. Um, and so mm. I'll, I'll go to Rudy right away. I think for the reasons that you mentioned in the Timberwolves um, topic when we talked about Ant, um, Rudy is, like, the reason they have the number one defense. Like, obviously, they have great defensive talent around him, but we we all know who's, like, the bus driver of that defense. It's Rudy Gobert. Uh-huh. His rim protection has been incredible. And he, his demise was greatly exaggerated last year, adjusting to a new system and everything. And there, there, there may be some like athletic regression. I don't really think so all that much. Um, some people said there is, but I mean, his rim protection has been incredible. Guys don't even attempt taking shots whenever he's on the floor near mm-hmm. the rim. I mean, he just shuts off that entire interior. And then the guys on the outside, that just makes their lives so much easier because they can either funnel to him or, um, make uh, offensive players take harder shots. And that's a credit to him. I mean, that's why they're the number one seed in the West, um, their defense, and that's backpacked by him. And so I think um, there are guys with more impressive, like, box score resumes, if you want to put it like that. But as far as the impact goes, I, I, it's just it's kind of impossible to leave Rudy out of here. Yeah, I'm just going to completely praise Gobert right now. I Go see ahead. him missing for some ballots. <laughs> I see him missing for some ballots, and um, I'm like, what is going on here? He, Rudy Gobert has to be an all-star lock. He's playing some of the best basketball of his career. He's going to win his fourth Defensive Player of the Year award this season. He's anchoring Minnesota's top-ranked D, which, as I said before, has them at the top of the Western Conference and second in the league in terms of record. Um, in terms of stats, he is the best D LeBron in the league by far is a plus minus staff from b-ball index um minnesota's number one ranked defense gets 5.5 points per 100 better with him on the court versus him off um and my favorite stat is that opponents shoot 6.4 percent less shots at the rim with gobert on the court which ranks in the 100th percentile um 
basically, when Rudy Gobert's on the court, teams do not take it to the rim at all. Instead, they shoot from the mid-range. And this is the fourth straight season that Gobert ranks in the 100th percentile for the stat. Um, and then these numbers are amazing, but they still don't do Gobert's defensive impact justice. He's legitimately one of the very best defenders in the history of our game. He covers up so much. He shrinks the floor so much with his length, his smarts, his positioning. The defensive impact alone should easily get him in the All-Star game. But he also brings value as a rebounder. He's one of the best rebounders in the game. And he's a good finisher in the interior. He can take advantage of mismatches inside. We saw him against the Thunder um, bullying Chet with physicality. Um, Just an obvious All-Star. Cannot be left off the ballot. Um, It would be a travesty if he doesn't make it tomorrow. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, no. I, I mean, I think uh, to me, he's like a certain lock, but like I, I know there's a reality where um, he's not, his name is not called tomorrow. And I know that not enough people are going to fight the good fight. So I'm glad mm-hmm. that we get to do so here um, because I, it's it would be pretty pathetic if he doesn't make it. Yeah, um, 100% with you there. Um, do you think either one of Kawhi or AD should have started this game? Um, yes, I do think I would have both of them over LeBron and Durant. Um, that's just me, though. I, I put Kawhi mm-hmm. and AD over LeBron and KD, but I get it for like the fan vote and everything like that. But yeah, I, I'd put Kawhi really? and AD over LeBron and AD or, or LeBron and KD. Yeah, LeBron's always gonna start, but yeah. Um, I mean, in terms of goodness, it's not, like have... it's not something I'm gonna like argue to like my grave but like that's yeah. just what i yeah i mean in terms of goodness i probably start Kawhi over lebron um mm-hmm. just to touch on Kawhi, he's had a great resurgence obviously he's averaging 24 points on 63 shooting percentage this season mm-hmm. um isn't getting to the rim much at all or to the free throw line but the shot making has been absurd to 44 percent from three and definitely question um how variable that is um, in the playoffs and whatnot, but now he's he's killing it. Um, he's also been great on defense. He could mess around and make all defensive second team this year, and that wouldn't be unwarranted, I don't think. The Bears are top eight on both sides of the ball, um, the best teams in the West. Yeah, Kawhi, all-star lock. Um, and then Anthony Davis, averaging 25 and 12, 62 shooting percentage, playing defensive player of the year level defense so yeah not even much talk to talk about there they'll both probably be all-stars um don't think many people would disagree with these picks yeah no um i, I agree i mean Kawhi, i i put him in the starting lineup but um mm-hmm. like easy all-star same with ad um um and the thing with Kawhi is um i, I mean that i was kind of questioning like at the beginning of the year like are we actually like seeing his decline um mm-hmm. and maybe he is declining but like it's not a it's not a steep decline um for sure it, it he's been incredible um but and i think the harden trade has also helped him like a lot as far as like getting open shots um uh, and like getting set up for good looks um and so yeah um we'll talk we'll touch on harden a bit later um but as far as the two wild card spots go who do you have um, I said so. Maybe the picks haven't been that interesting so far in terms of us being different. But um, if there's any place we're going to be different, it's going to be in the Western Conference wild card spots. Mm-hmm. Um, I'd say there's about like 
10 guys um, yeah. in a pool, all competitive for two spots. So the odds we have I, the same two guys I is unlikely. Like I had an honorable mention category after my injured category, which consists of like seven. Uh-huh. Yeah. Yeah, same. So in my first wild card spot, we can go one by one here. I have Devin Booker. Um, I think he's been too good offensively to leave out of the All Star game. He's really been taking up that primary facilitator role up well with CP3 on. I think he's been doing a good job balancing his scoring and playmaking. His numbers are amazing 28.4 points per game, 7.3 assists per game, 62 true shooting percentage. The Suns have been winning. They're up to the sixth seed. They have the eighth ranked offense in the league, and the Suns' offense has been heavily relying on Booker. They're 14 points per 100 better with him on. Um, so, yeah, I mean, I don't think his defense has been great or anything or even good. Um, but with that offensive impact, I think he beats out the other guards in contention here for the all-star spot, um, who I'll probably talk about in a minute. So who do you have there? Oh, I also have Devin Booker. Um, yeah, I, I have Devin Booker. So it really comes down to the second one, and I'll, I'll say my second one. It was between the two Kings teammates, Manas Sabonis and De'Aaron Fox. Um, and I think I leaned Fox um, due to the fact that I think he's more impactful, but particularly for their offense. Um, I mean, he has like a net rating swing on offense. He has an offensive rating swing of like nine points, which is just absolutely absurd. Um, and they've struggled more in Fox's absences or than Sabonis's absences this year. And I just think that he's been um, pretty incredible. And I just think he's a better player. So that's why I went with Fox over Sabonis. So we finally have a disagreement here. Um, nice. I expect a disagreement here. I think my guy here is um, he might. I think he actually will make the All Star game tomorrow, mm-hmm. but I don't really see him on on many ballots, which is interesting. And that's Carl Anthony Towns. Ooh. So um, I think Minnesota deserves their third All Star this year. Um, Cat's been. A lot better this year next to Gobert. Um, he's leaning into this like bully power forward role rather than being the stretch big he used to be. Mm-hmm. Um, that means offensively, he's using his strength and his seven foot tall frame as a forward to bully smaller matchups, which is basically everyone and get to the rim. And his three point shooting remains unprecedented for his height. He's shooting 44% from deep on five attempts per game. All in all, he's averaging 23 points per game on 64 true shooting percentage. And him, along with Ant, their scoring is really carrying the load for Minnesota's offense, as I said before. Um, Gobert-led defense carries them to wins, but their offense is still solid. They're 14th in the league, and that's because of Ant and Carl Anthony Towns primarily. But then what I really love from Cat this year is his defense. He's really made a big leap on that end. He's progressed to a point where he can play perimeter defense well enough as a four next to Gobert in terms of closing up to shooters and holding up in isolation. Um, this allows him to really thrive as a secondary rim protector. You know, he's seven feet tall and he can move well. That does a lot to shrink the floor um, and make drivers have to finish amongst the trees. And he also doesn't have to guard as many ball screens in this situation, in this context, because um, Gobert does a lot of that. Uh, Cat struggled with that in the past, so it's a really favorable situation he's in now. And I describe his defense this season as legitimately solid to good, which is a huge difference considering he was bad earlier in his career. Um, so with this two-way impact on the second best team in the league, best team in the West, I give him this last All-Star nod in the wild card spot 
over some of the other candidates. That's very fair. Um, he was in my like injured reserve like list, um, but yeah, I, I didn't even consider him for that one, and that's probably an oversight on uh, on my part. Um, but yeah, he was like probably like third or fourth amongst like the injured replacement guys for me. I think I had um, Fo- like I was it was really between Fox and Sabonis. I think I, mm-hmm. like it was for me to leave a Kings guy out of the All Star game. Um, and then um, I think I had Harden as my runner, like runner up as far as um, as far as the uh, injury replacement guys go. Um, he like ever since his arrival and like after like those first like five games when he was like, getting acclimated with the Clippers, they've skyrocketed and they've been like damn near unbeatable. And that's really a testament to him. He just opens up the entire floor um, for the rest of the guys. I mean, he's like everything runs through him on their offense. Um like even over like a guy like PG, I think James has been uh, a bit more important to their success, uh, just because of how much he means to that offense. And so that's kind of like why I went with James. I mean, he's been incredibly efficient in a scaled down role. He's been that elite playmaker for them. Uh, and so yeah, James uh, James Harden was my um, right behind Fox was my number one injured replacement guy. Yeah, so Fox was. Um by injury replacement guy. Mm-hmm. As you said, he's really leading the charge for the Kings offense. Sabonis has been great. Uh, I also heavily considered him for um, the All-Star game. But as you said, Fox's plus-minus numbers are a lot better. Um, the offense more heavily relies on him. He's averaging 28 on 58 true shooting percentage. His um, three-point shooting looks really improved. It looks like he's taking a leap with his pull-up shooting. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, I'd go Fox there. And then... Right after them, I'd go with Zion and Sabonis. Um, also considered Alperen Shangoon, Lowry Markinen, Jamal Murray, James Harden, Paul George, Brandon Ingram, and the OKC guys. Um, yeah. As you said, a lot of guys in contention here. Right. Yeah, no, I, I had Cat. Uh, um, I, 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 I mentioned, say, I had Fox in the wild card, but I meant to say Sabonis earlier, but I had uh, – mm. Harden in that injury category. I had PG. I had Cat. I had Sabonis. I had Lori. I had Zion. I had Ingram. I had not not Ingram. Uh, I had Sengun. Um, Chet. Even Wemby. Um, as of recently, he's playing at like an All NBA damn near level, especially defensively. Yeah. Um, and then I have J Dub in there as well. Really, like a whole like list of guys that you could really mix and match in there. It's it's a it's a loaded conference. Yeah. It was tough. Yeah, honestly. I've- I have no idea what it'll look like tomorrow. Yeah. Um. And like even a guy like, even a guy like Jamal Murray who like is drops against like bad teams and like is great against contenders. Mm-hmm. Like even like him, I had to like cross like across across my mind. Like like yeah, it, it's it's a loaded conference for sure. Yeah, I'd love for Jamal Murray to make the All Star game final. Yeah. He's probably the best player. He's probably the NBA. best player at this point. No, yeah. actually, Jalen brought Jalen Brunson still. Until tomorrow, Jalen Brunson. Oh, he, he! I forgot he didn't make. Oh, actually, play. is he better? I don't know. He's got to be better I think, right now. I think he. I think he is. I think he is, especially yeah. like. Yeah, but that. That's Jamal Murray. Play yeah. Jamal Murray. Murray makes me double take. But yeah, I mean it's probably Brunson. We'll see in the playoffs, though. I gotta see. It's yeah. It, it it's a it's a fun discourse until April, and then that's kind of when it really heats up. Yeah. Just to yeah. summarize, um, I have 
Steph Curry and Anthony Edwards in my backcourt for the reserves. And then in my frontcourt, I have Kawhi Leonard, Anthony Davis, and Rudy Gobert. And then in my wildcard spots, I have Devin Booker and Carl Anthony Towns. Um, in my IR spot, I have De'Aaron Fox. And I also strongly considered Zion Williamson, DeMontis Sabonis, and a couple others. And I have Steph Curry and Anthony Edwards as my backcourt reserves. I have Kawhi Leonard and Anthony Davis and Rudy Gobert as my reserve frontcourt. Um, and then I have De'Aaron Fox and Devin Booker as my wild cards. And then um, as far as my injured reserve goes, I had uh, Demonis Sabonis uh, and uh, James Harden as my top two guys. Nice, nice. Anything else? No, I think that about wraps it up. Thank you guys for tuning in. Yeah, I hope you guys enjoy this. Um, we're going to be looking to get a podcast out every week. So stay on the lookout for that. Um, have a good one, guys. Peace.